I don't expect to get uh, all the scripture in that I want to get to make this point. I don't expect to. And I know that the next two uh, Sunday nights, I won't be addressing this. I won't address it again until January the 1st on Sunday night. So please, if you take notes, if you would please write these scriptures down and not forget. Please don't forget. I'm not going to. I'll be right back on the subject when we pick it up again. Now here's the point. Here's what I've been sharing with you. That uh, we are trichotomous beings. We are spirit and soul and body. And I don't know whether you all appreciate a study on that or not. But I will tell you from my personal experience that it's helped me understand me. If it don't help nobody else, it's helped me understand me. Why I am the way I am, everything that's wrong with me, and, and the cause, and, and everything related to that. And listen, this may very well be the most important part of that study is how God saves a poor old sinner what he does for them, how life comes to that individual and what that means. And so I, I hope that you've thought about it, meditated on it, and that you've kept up with the passages of Scripture. Now here's where we're going start to go tonight is that the will in, in the soul, in the soul is where the will is. It's where the will is. It's not in the body, it's not in the spirit, it's in the soul, the will. And this has probably caused the greater debate among uh, uh, Christians and everything over the years. And believe me, I know because I've been involved in many of them. And I have been challenged as far as what I believe and what I think related to that. And I believe that the will in an unsaved person is in bondage. In bondage to our nature. And uh, the, the difference is the nature of the individual who is lost and the nature of the individual that's saved. And so that, and, and what I, I want to share with you is that people cannot and now this, you can mark this word down, cannot come to Christ by their will as an unsaved person because they are dead. They're dead and, and they're in the bondage, their will is in bondage and it has to be set free. And boy, when set free, boy, you know, and I'll share with you a couple of verses just to start with to get us started. John chapter 8, if you'll turn there, in John chapter 8, and I told you when we started out, we'd start with John chapter 1, but, and that'll be the first passage of scripture that I want to share with you. Here's the point that I want to make. I want to show you, and the people who promote decisional regeneration, and boy, there's a lot of them. They're out there, everywhere, that one's decision is what saves them. 
What if I could prove to you that that unsaved person is not capable of making a decision for Christ? They simply are not. Well, they, they'd be free to, but they don't want to. They don't, have, they don't have the desire to. Where does that desire come from? It comes when we're given life. <clears throat> now, here's the passage I want to read to you. In chapter 8, beginning in verse 32, here's what Jesus said. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Isn't that wonderful? You shall know. I love that. And they answered him, We would be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now I want you to, I want you to focus on that statement. The servant, now that, that word is bondservant. That word means slave. That's exactly what that means. The slave to sin is what Jesus was saying to them. Now let me show you in Romans chapter 6. If you'll turn over there to Romans in the 6th chapter. And I'll share with you another, another verse of scripture uh, related to that subject. In verse 16 down through verse 18. Now remember the passage I read to you talks about being the slave to sin. Now you've heard me talk about this before. I'm going to share this passage of scripture with you before I get through with this subject. That the unsaved person, Satan can take them at will. He has no issue with that. In other words, that person is not capable of resisting that and keeping him from uh, taking possession of that person. That is an awesome truth. And unsaved people just don't realize what kind of danger that they're in. That don't mean he will, but if he chooses to do so, he can do so. Well, let me just go ahead and give you, because uh, I've brought it up, Second Timothy, Second Timothy, and I, I've read this passage many times. Actually, it's a passage of Scripture talking to the preacher. So this is addressed to me. Here's what it says. The servant of the Lord must not strive. So that's for me. Must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So how is repentance a grace gift? It sure is. God grants it. And listen to verse 26. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now, I don't know what you think about that passage of Scripture, but I will tell you what the Bible is saying. That a person who is not born again, if the devil chooses to use them in whatever way he would like to use them, he can do so whenever he gets good and ready, unless God, of course, intervenes and prevents him from doing so. That's possible. 
That is a possibility. You might say, well, isn't the situation with Job an illustration of that? Job was a child of God. And of course, all of you who know the Lord, you know, uh, you're in His hand, and He's going to watch over you and take care of you. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. But now, a person that is not saved, uh, and you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I won't illustrate how I've seen it. I've watched it for years happen. And, and, and especially in an area that bothers me greatly, sometimes when a, when a, a couple, one of them saved and one of them's not, I've known precious little ladies to cry and say, Preacher, please pray for me. I want to be at church every time the door's open. I want to serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But what she's got, she's got married to the child of the devil. Have I seen that? Yes, I have. Does it always happen? No, it don't. I've known of that to turn out okay. But that's why the Christian young person, and I say it all the time, every chance I get, in advising a young person, you better be careful in that area. The Bible says not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so the the young person that's a Christian, and parents, please encourage your young person or your teenager, encourage them to understand that. That doesn't mean that it would always happen in a bad way, but it means the potential is there. The potential is there. And so, I was sharing with you in Romans in chapter number 6, and I'll, I'll read again in verse 16, Know ye not to whom ye yield yourself, servant to obey. Now there's that word again, servant. Now Jesus had told them group, yeah, you're the servant, you're, you're the servant of sin. You're the slave of of sin, and you you cannot break yourself free yourself. And he says, "Whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness." But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. So let me explain something to you folks. The unsaved person, they, they may not know it. They may not admit it. They may disagree. They can do whatever they want to. But I'm telling you what the Bible says. To be an unsaved person is to be the servant of sin. And that doesn't mean... We had a church member one time, I'd say, how are you today? And she would say, I'm not as bad as I could be. And I, she'd laugh. I thought that was funny. And it's true with every one of us, right? It's true with every unsaved person in the world. They're not as bad as they could be. But they could be. They could be. It's a possibility. And so uh, that passage of Scripture talks about being the servant of righteousness. Now, I'll share with you the first passage of Scripture related to the exercise of the will. Now, folks that believe in decisional regeneration that would tell you that you're saved by the decision, they don't understand that that person that is unsaved is not capable of deciding for God. Oh, they'll decide, and they're free to do so. They're free to rebel against the scripture, rebel against the gospel, rebel against the church, rebel against 
uh, other believers around them. They can do as they, as they want to do, but their will is not capable of bringing them to Christ. And in the first chapter of the book of John, <clears throat> I'll begin reading this in uh, verse number 10. And the Bible says he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now you might remember that I preached uh, back years ago a series on the use of the word world in the Bible. It don't always mean the same thing. And here is the famous verse that uses it three different ways in one single verse. He was in the inhabited world. That's what that is. He was in the world where everybody else was. And the world was made by him. That was the created world. It was made by him. And the world knew him not. That's the unbelieving world. See? Three different ways that that's used in one single verse of scripture. The word world is not always the same when you read it in the Bible. So it says here in verse 11, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That was the Jewish people. He came, that's the way he came. He was born into this world by that avenue. And so he came unto his own, and he, they rejected him. But, and I love that word when you find it in the Bible. How about I preach a series of sermon on the word but? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even start there. Eh? No, I would never get done. But, as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. So how have they become the sons of God? The next verse is going to tell us. Which were born, not of blood. You know, my mom and my dad were Christians. My grandfather and my grandmother on both sides of the family were Christians. I had... All of them people, aunts and uncles, and some of them I never knew about much, but they didn't have no, didn't bear too much fruit if they were. But anyway, I was surrounded growing up by people that were Christians. I was genetically uh, connected to them. But you know what? My salvation didn't come that way. That's what the Bible is saying. Just because, and you know, I've run into all kinds of people in the world who say, well, my mom and my dad are Christians, so I must be one too, you know. That's not true. That is not true. I will say this. There's something unique that's taught in the Bible. I've had people say, preacher, I, I don't believe in election. Well, if you don't believe in election, you don't believe the Bible. That's just a fact. You just don't believe it. And they'd say, but, and here's the reason why. Because... All my family have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I know places in the world where ain't nobody saved. And so, does God save people based on their genetic connection? Is that where it comes from? No, it's not where it comes from. Here, here, here was the basis of God's electing grace. It was whom He loved that He elected and saved. So, what did God see when he looked out there? He's seen what is important to our church. And it's already been mentioned in prayer tonight. Already mentioned. You know, that God would help us to be 
the tool through which he takes the gospel truth to the unsaved dying world. Amen? That's what we need to be interested in. That's Why does this church exist? Why does any of the Lord's church exist? It exists for the purpose uh, spelled out in the Great Commission. That we preach the gospel to every nation, every creature that we're capable of preaching the gospel to. And we take that serious. You and I thank God for a church that supports the effort to send the gospel all through the world. Who would ever imagine a little old church in little old West Old County uh, that was the gospel was going to other nations in our world. But it happens. It happens. And I thank God for that. So uh, if you're saved tonight, you're not saved because your mama was saved and your daddy was saved or your grandparents were saved or your uncles and aunts were saved. It doesn't come that way. Born not of blood. That's it. But then he goes on to say, nor of the will of the flesh. I can tell you tonight, now looking back on my personal experience, I was not born by the will of the flesh. I went for many years of my life and I didn't care a thing in the world about spiritual things. But then all at once, something happened to me. Amen? Something happened. That my will was not leading me to the Lord. And it would never have led me to the Lord had not God intervened and changed that will. You say, does God change the will? Does God exercise power over the human will? Well, you better believe He does, and I'll share with you Scripture that will point that out. That God does take uh, uh, the actions that are taken to change us. Not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Brother Moore, how was you born? But of God. Salvation is of the Lord. So that's how the Christian is born. Not by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man. Why does the Bible say that? It says that because that will will never bring someone to the Lord. As a matter of fact, what it does, it does the opposite. goes the opposite way. You leave a person alone, if God leaves them alone, and before I get through with this, I'll show you that very clearly in the Scripture. If God leaves them alone, they're not coming to Him. They don't want to come to Him. They don't desire to come to Him. And we know that from witnessing to people that we know were unsaved by their own confession, by their own admission. <laughs> I wish I had time to share with you a lot without chasing rabbits. <laughs> All the times that, shoo we that I've tried to talk to somebody that was not saved Man, I tell you what, I've made some people madder than a snake. You know, in a heartbeat too. I, I will tell you one. I'll chase one little rabbit before I get done. Amen. <laughs> I, I went to this man's house one time. I walked up in the yard. He come out and he met me. He come out and he come off the porch and he met me. And I don't know what I said. I think I said maybe I... I just stopped by to invite you to church. I believe that's all I said to him. You know, we say those things like that. We don't just jump right in and say, are you lost as a goose? We tell them, no, we, want to, we just would like for you to come and visit us at church. You know, I do that all the time, all the time. Well, i tell you what, he flew off. He said, 
if that's what you come by here for, you get back in that car and you get out of here. Get out of here. I got back in my car and I got out of there. You know what he died? I preached his funeral. He come to the Lord. And that was his request. He knew he was going to die. And he asked that I preach his funeral. And I did. I preached his funeral. Uh, so the moral of that story, it's not rabbit chasing, it illustrates this awesome truth. Don't ever be discouraged to witness to people because they don't want to be witnessed to. Just understand that they, that is their nature. That's their nature as an unsaved person. They don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear that. And uh, anybody that's ever tried to witness to people understand that. So this verse of scripture, and we'll uh, close our service tonight with this, that we are born, every saved person is born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I want to tell you tonight in closing, who born me? Who gave me life? Who birthed me? It was my God. Amen? That's who it was. And guess who's going to get the credit for that? Not me. Not me at all, but the Lord. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we've had tonight to think on this subject. And I know it's going to be a couple weeks or three before we have the opportunity to do it again. But I would pray, God, that the people that are here tonight or the people who have tuned in to our service tonight by other means, that, Father, you'd help us not to forget what we've thought about and to say, Lord, could that really, really be true? Could it be true? And it is tonight. And I pray you'd bless us to continue to think about that. We've looked at a couple... We've looked at about four passages tonight. I know some people have wrote them down. And I know they're going to go back and read them again. And you're going to speak to our hearts as we do. So bless us now as we close the service. Bless this song we're about to sing. May you use it to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen.